0: We thank you for your love, and we thank you for your truth. We thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, and giving us the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is our true helper, who really turns us into be changed into the knowledge and into the understanding and into the wisdom of your glory. Lord, we thank you, and we honor you for the word that will be presented tonight. Lord, help it comfort our hearts, soothe our souls, With your truth. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can turn off that back. Yeah. Keep that back on. And we got this one. Uh, Let me see how this looks. Go ahead. Turn off both. Turn off. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hey. We have a good, good father. Do y'all like that song Saturday night? Good, good father. Yeah. I love that. And um, I'm so sad I'm not going to be here this Saturday. I never miss ministry unless I'm off doing something else for ministry. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been here eight years. I do not miss Saturdays. Um, I have to go to a party for Rachel held by his family, you know, because everybody knows Rachel's getting married. So Rachel joked, the party's at four, right? And it has to do with it, with her mom. And she's just like, now, mom, you can't leave at seven. And go to <laughs> it was so cute. I was like, no, I won't go. I won't go. And then also just to let you know, I won't be here. Th- Jean will be here next Thursday. We switched. This was Jean's class. But we switched because Thursday's Rachel's birthday. So I told her, you know, whatever she wants to do. And her choice is to find something else besides being in this building. <laughs> I can't blame her. I love that girl. But I'm just so blessed. I just want to tell you something. There's a lot of revelation I'm going to start putting out here. And I'm not going to finish it all. But I'm going to finish what the message is for today. But there's a, there's a revelation I want to start pressing out. I teach on Jean's teaching this Saturday. I teach the next Saturday. So the next following Saturday... The Lord really has me on the heart of a movement. And I think I'm going to put some clarity to it. But the whole teaching will go out on a Saturday night. But I'm going to give you a piece. And I really I really think that you're going to leave here and be like, wow. I kind of gave a little bit of preview to it to a few people before. And they thought, it. Carl, did you like it? Yeah. I mean, and it's something that the Lord is just revealing to me and then giving me testimony while I apply the understanding. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, is it burning? Do you, it is. Do you want me to turn it down a little bit? Guys, can I still have the screen and turn that down? Do I need it? So I don't need it, right? Is that good? Dorothy. <coughs> okay, so praise the Lord. So if you have your discipleship book, I will be working out of page 197. And we're going to move quickly through this for the lesson. This is a lesson about leadership. Everybody sitting in here is a leader. There are two essential qualities of leader that we're going to talk about. Isaiah 57, 15 says, I, the Lord, dwell in the high and the holy place with him who has a contrite and a humble spirit. Okay. It's Isaiah, if you can put that up, um, Isaiah 57, 15. And we're going to start off with that understanding tonight, because if we are all called leaders, we're being developed in the character that we need to have. And we all make mistakes in this walk. I mean, we do. We all make mistakes. But this word says, for thus says the high and the lofty one, that's God, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and the holy place with him. I is me. Okay. We dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a what? Contrite and a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. What the Lord is saying is as we go from working out our salvation from glory to glory, we are humbled, humbled. Then we're lifted up so we can help another person. And then we become what? Humbled. And then we get lifted up because we can never get into the high place without being humbled. Come on. And sometimes the way God humbles us does not feel good, does it? It does not feel good. And we think we missed it. We think we messed up when all he's doing is using a circumstance, a trial or something to humble you. It has nothing to do with that trial, that circumstance. That's okay. It, does, it has nothing to do with that trial, that circumstance. It was just used to get your breaking going. Isn't that awesome? I mean, come, it, it is so funny because it takes time to get used to that. But when you get used to it, oh, this is so awesome. And this is just coming from my heart. You know how it talks about the potter's wheel and the clay could be formed but then it could be brought down and then it could be formed and then it could be brought down. Well, what is sad about the next chapter? It says we have the choice to be molded like the clay and be built up and brought down, or we can be like a glass flask jar. That's in chapter 19 of Jeremiah. And it says you take on a hard form but you never want to be changed till you only be good for one thing that's the revelation the lord gave me when i was reading on that and i'm telling you, that's not even a lesson tonight but the lord showed me right after he talked in verse 8 chapter 18 of jeremiah about the molding of the clay in chapter 19 he talked about he doesn't want us to be a glass hard flask only to be used for one moment You know, I remember when the Lord revealed to me in this ministry that a person can come to Christ, but if they never allow themselves to be molded and changed by the Holy Spirit, then they'll be used for one moment. They'll die for their death will still bring life into the earth, but they didn't choose to be molded by it. Isn't that amazing? We don't want to be a glass hard flask. Read chapter 19. You'll like the story where you can only be used for one thing. Wouldn't you rather be lifted up and broken down? Yeah. Lifted up and broken down and be used to help many? Yes, that's what we want. So for the two essential leadership <laughs> leadership qualities of a leader, there are two things, the aptitude and the attitude. And now this is in the book, but I'm not going to go through the book exactly, but I really like this lesson. because. The aptitude has to do with our gifts, our skills, our abilities. But our attitude, are we willing to really have our attitude changed? Put up, I love how the Lord chose this. Put up Matthew chapter 5. Give me verse 3. We're going to go 3 through 10. It goes really fast. Everybody knows these. Everybody knows these. And show them one at a time if you can. if you can God already tells us blessed are the poor in spirit <laughs> for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and you know what the awesome thing about that is is if you are poor in spirit you actually recognize you have spiritual poverty you actually recognize there is a lack of something in you but the moment you recognize it I love this. You can actually cast aside all the things in your life. And then he says, theirs is the what? Kingdom of heaven. Next verse. So I like that. When we allow our spirit to be contrite, softened up, brought into a humble state. Do you know we already have the blessing to receive the kingdom of heaven? It said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be what? Comforted. Next one. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Next one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. This is so awesome. When we can recognize that the aptitude, our skills and ability, like that's important, but that's only 20% to the attitude, the 80% attitude that we need to be, I like it, Maldonado teaches it in his book. He calls one hardware and he calls one software. The hardware is the 20% of your skill that's never going to change. It's what it is. It's going to be used for that. It's like the flask. It's it's the one thing it can do. But then you got the 80% of our attitude, which is our what? Software. That means it's got to be molded and clayed and brought down and lifted up. It's got to be soft. (coughs) But it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for that righteousness. For he said that they shall be, you won't just be molded and built. You will also be what? Filled. Next verse. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain what? Mercy, that's a good give and take, right? Next one. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I'm telling you, when our heart is right and we mess up, we're still going to what? See God. Your heart's got to just be pure for what is right. Next one. And now this is the one I'm really stepping on. The Lord was giving me this Saturday night. He was really meditating in me all day Saturday. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called, what? Sons of God. Okay. To be a peacemaker, God is not asking us to jump into a situation and make it all perfect. He's asking us first to have the peace of Christ in our soul. Let that consuming fire change us from the inside out. But then God is going to place you in situations and places just like in Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen. He will place you to help another contrite and humble spirit. He will help you cause peace to take him in a different direction. So our aptitude, which is our skill and ability, is so small And compared to our attitude, that is described in these beatitudes. Is that beatitudes is what they call? They're attitudes, be attitudes, right? Come on, guys, get me on my funny. They are b b e attitudes. Okay, twenty percent is our aptitude, our ability, but the eighty percent is our attitude. All right. So God already gives us things that we need to be conscious about to be leaders in the body of Christ. I love, isn't that awesome? It also goes on to say, you don't have to go, but the last one was blessed are those. Oh, actually put this up. I'm taking this somewhere. This is good. I'll take this somewhere. This is awesome because there's a word that's the hardest word for us to do. It's called loyalty. Loyalty is something we have to really, it has to do with our attitude. And the thing that can be really hard as we grow spiritually, every step you go, we have steps of faithfulness, our mercy, our pure heart gets developed. Everything is growing. But it says, blessed are those who are what? Persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, let me tell you something. To be persecuted for righteousness righteousness sake is not defending your side as much as it is staying loyal to what you're called to do. Do you know the protection of God surrounds you when you're in the will of God? But if you have a choice to choose the will or to choose your way, you have, because why? Sometimes we feel persecution in choosing the right way. And we get the persecution for choosing the right way. But ours is the kingdom of heaven. That means we are going to bring heaven on earth for those who will be persecuted for being loyal to the assignment. Persecution only comes when you make and say, yes, I'm going to do this. When you say yes to God, that means persecution is going to come because the enemy's job is to get you not to fulfill nor be filled with what the call of the life, the call is on your life. So we get people that come in here, and they come in here with great skill. They're just like, awesome, hands down. They have the best skill possible. But that's only 20% of what God really cares about. He cares about how much attitude, be attitudes, right, that, that we actually allow ourselves to be changed into, to be merciful, to be pure, to be peaceful, to, or a peacemaker, to be persecuted. It takes the Holy Spirit to work those attitudes in our hearts. Come on, we come from old school because we're born into the world. You do this, do this, do this, you get the prize at the end of the day. And not that God doesn't want to reward those who diligently seek him. See, that's the key word. He only said, I want to diligently reward those who diligently seek me. Because if you start seeking him, he's going to start changing your attitude. And he's going to start working that humble and contrite heart. And he does not care what breaks you. He cares about the change in the dial and then the lifting up. That's what he's excited about. But we're so worried the world's upset with us. Come on. How many of us stay in the worry of the world and what they think and how they think we should be? When we're like, sometimes we feel embarrassed. I remember the first time. I got yelled at on a job site, and I, I was just set up to take that burn, right? And it wasn't about right or wrong. It was about would I stay loyal to the assignment that I had to stand there for, not if defending my right or defending the other's wrong. It was would I stand loyal in standing on the Messiah's side. See, I'm really a big person. I don't want to choose sides. I just want to choose the Messiah side. And I loved it. Gene even wrote that on the thing there one day after being on a job site. He was like, yep. Which somebody said, well, what side are you on? He said, I'm on the Messiah side. We can't choose a side. We have to choose the truth. And when you choose things for righteousness sake, you will be what? Persecuted. So this is awesome. I'm just going to read to you short definitions right from this book <laughs> where it says, what is an aptitude? An aptitude is the ability To operate effectively in a determined activity or task. That means you get the checklist and you what? You complete it and you do it well. It is to have tools. It is to have talents. It is to have knowledge. Needed to be a leader. The aptitude is to be competent, equipped, capable of carrying out a function, a task, or a duty. Praise God. Don't you just love education? When we go to school and we obtain a degree and a topic to be a doctor of medicine, well, then you're getting a piece of paper that says you have the talent. You have the tools. You are now equipped to carry out that function. But guess what? A good doctor is only as good as his attitude. He may be great in surgery, but how is he good with post-up? How does he handle the parent? How does he handle the, the, the spouse? How does he handle the person in the waiting room? Do you know what I mean? There is attitude because attitude will affect the quality of our aptitude. So what is an attitude? An attitude is the willingness, see, willingness or encouragement manifested in a given way, shape or a form. It is a way we face situations and the will and capacity to resolve them. A human being's attitude can be peaceful, just like over the Beatitudes. A a human being's attitude can be threatening. That's not a good thing, but it can be. Some people's attitudes can be vengeful. Some, Some people's attitude can be what? Humble. It can be kind. It can be sarcastic. It can be violent. It can be innovative. It can be negative. So no matter what, our attitude can be good or it can be what? Have bad, have a bad taint to it. So God says he wants to take our attitudes and he wants to mold them and form them like the clay. He doesn't want our attitude to stay hard and form like the, like the jar, the flask. Come on, an alcoholic flask. Have you ever seen one of those? It's got a form. It's got a shape. Only to hold one deadly poison, so you can be hidden. Do you know what I mean? And that's the only thing you use those flax for, right? So you put alcohol in them. An attitude can be positive. It can be victorious. It can be defeated. Attitude is our learned behavior, brought about by our beliefs, and nourished nourished by our way of thinking. I love it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those are ones who want to learn for it says, for they shall be what filled. So not only is your vessel being formed, but it will be filled, not based on your aptitude, based on your attitude, your ability. If you can learn in school, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way down to Z. And you can memorize that. Then you have the capability to learn. But if you don't have the capability, which we all do, to have your attitude formed and reformed and reshaped for Christ, well, then you see what I'm saying? You're missing the fullness of what we're called on this earth. Everybody was born with unrepentive gifts, things that already work. But not everybody's born to allow themselves to be molded and shaped and wanting to be changed. We think we hit a certain level and that's it. We've arrived. But we know we got to go to the next what? We got to go to that next level. That's what a good leader is. A good leader pushes forward. A good leader doesn't take a place of superiority. There's only one, which we read in that verse. There is only one high and lofty one. And that is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So attitude is our learned behavior. Put up Proverbs 23, 7 for me. Proverbs 23, 7 for me. Praise God. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat, drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Man, this this verse took a new meaning to me over this past week. Is because when I have watched people's hearts to be their attitudes to it's time for the change and they stay like the hard flask. That means for as he thinks in his heart, so he is, you're either going to be moldable clay or you're going to be a hard flask. You can eat and you can drink from both. You can eat and drink from a vessel made out of clay You can eat and drink from the vessel that's jar. But he says to you, but his heart was not with you. Why? Because a attitude of loyalty is so important in the body of Christ. Everybody's loyalty will be tested. Every level you go, there's a level of loyalty to be tested towards him. Towards him. If you're loyal to him, then you're going to be loyal to the people. But our first loyalty is to him. When we discover who we are. And our purpose in this life, then our identity as children of God, our identity as sons of God, then our attitude changes. When we recognize we're a son of God, we recognize we're to be a peacemaker. When we recognize we're a son of God, we recognize that we have to have our ability to allow our attitude to be humbled, to be contrite. If we're a son of God, then we know that, hey, that's the deal. That's the rotation. That's the growth. Because he doesn't want us to say children. He wants us to grow up to be what? Sons and daughters. He wants us to be out there being the peacemakers because we know what it was like to be broken. We know what it's like to be contrite. We know what it's like to be humble. So the key to being an excellent leader is to have an excellent attitude. Now I like this (coughs) because we have excellent on our sign over there. It says, C.E. Hall, construction and real estate. Excellence integrity. Oh, honor, integrity, and excellence. Well, honor in our ministry, in our ministry, in our work, we tell all our agents next door, honors to look everybody as a 10. Look at everybody as a 10. Even if they don't look like a 10, act like a 10, aren't being like a 10, you can say, I rate you as a three, but you're supposed to honor them as a 10. Because when you can honor someone as a 10, they'll start to become, they just go up a couple points just because you honored them as a 10. Integrity means when sometimes you have to do something beyond what you think you should do. You actually, there's a loss to do something right. Come on, let's think about the persecution. A person with good integrity, they get persecuted a lot, but they still do what is right. And then the last one is excellence. Now, I used to ask the Lord all the time about excellence because I used to think excellent meant my aptitude, my aptitude, my ability to do something good because my skill was in that. So that would be my excellence. And then I learned that's not it. My excellence is the love that I'm willing to pour out into what I'm asked to do. That is the excellence. There is an excellence in Christ is when you put the love for Christ not for your own, not for what your own heart thinks, not for what another man's heart thinks, for what Christ's heart is for you. I am telling you, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. How many times do people say, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, and then they turn Because it's, it, they weren't really eating and drinking with the right motive of what God, because they may have had great aptitude. See, the person who says this, they're functioning in 80% aptitude, their skills and their, and their abilities. And they're functioning in 20% or less, 20% or less attitude. Remember, we already read attitude. Attitude is your willingness to be molded, brought down, taught, learned into Christ thinking. And he doesn't do it any other way, but through a humble and a contrite spirit. Man, when we get those moments, I'm telling you, praise God. All the times he has broken me down and continues to break me down. And it doesn't have to be, it can be in front of people. It can be in private. It can be whatever. It can be in my worship. It can be when, man, how many times do y'all see me cry? <laughs> it can be laying on this floor in here in worship. And I don't even know what I'm crying about sometimes. But I know he's just constantly what? Working my attitude. Working my attitude. Thank God he's an attitude worker. Thank, he really wants to change it. He wants us to know our attitude gets us so much farther than our aptitude. attitude go ahead I don't know which one there we go attitude affects your altitude right so your attitude lifts you up right right it takes you to places before kings it puts you into places it's awesome attitude is also contagious I like that because hey come on when you're around a positive person don't you just want to be around that positive person attitude is contagious and it's always based on the people that's above you When you come into a ministry like this, this is a ministry that says, okay, time to be broken, time to laugh. We're with you. If our attitude is good about your problems, then we're what? We're with you because Christ had to already do it to us. The moment it's time for your change, he surrounds you with that cloud of witness that all have the glory that's gone through something you haven't. You know what I mean? And I'm going to tell you, we all go through different things at different times. I could think I've gotten somewhere that somebody else hasn't, but it's not like that. Everybody has something different in a different place in a different time to minister to different people. So our attitude has to be contagious. That's what that's what God cares about our reputation, but not because of our aptitude. He cares about our attitude. He cares about the attitude that's behind it. Put, oh, we already did that. Your attitude on earth (laughs) is affected by your attitude in heaven. Okay, I love how he wrote that as a title in this. Your attitude on earth is affected by your attitude in heaven. That means there is no changing, there is no breaking until you start worshiping God, and you start entering into His gates with praise and thanksgiving, which break you, and brings you into a place where then He does the forming, and then He plops you right down in the situation, and you start actually performing. In the way in which He called you, not even in your—it's not in our ability, it's not even in our aptitude—to know the attitude until we're worshiping God, until we're pressing up into Him. So, what areas do we need to be trained in right attitude? Okay, we always our attitude must be trained in how we react in life. Remember, we teach—we teach people how to respond, not to react, how we think. We can't think of the world. We have to think what is Christ? What words do we speak? Do we choose idle words? Or are we choosing the words we're allowing the Holy Spirit to encourage us to say? When Jesus speaks to us, we should be speaking what he puts in our heart, not what we think of the world. How do we act? How do we make decisions? How do we plan? How to work? How to act in a relationship I am telling you, we have so many false, false understandings of what is considered right and wrong. The world has created so much law and developed so much law, which is good. It's for our protection. Law is good. But if you think about it, sometimes we take things and then it it makes us, it makes our heart hard because we think we can never get somewhere. We think we can never make it someplace. And so, I want to tell a story. This is so, I got a call last night. This is awesome. And I'm going to teach the rest of this through this call. Because I I covered what to me was most important in this section, and you can read the rest of it and stuff like that. But I got a call last night. Rachel and I met and had soup. And I get a call. Everybody, I don't know if everybody's met him, but my nephew Georgie came through these doors a couple years ago. Because of a Facebook contact with Rachel. And I didn't want Rachel to have Facebook. But Rachel went before Jean and she was just like, Mom doesn't want me to have Facebook. She like made an appointment with him. I want to have Facebook. And Jean asked her why. And she said, To connect with my cousins. And then Jean said, Lee, let her have it. And then I was thinking, You know, everybody remember MySpace? I would just turn so bad. And Rachel wasn't old enough to have that. I just didn't, I don't know, it just wasn't really like what I was into. But when I heard Jean said, Lee, let her do it, I felt my attitude about it started to get formed a little bit different. And Jean said, because what she's saying in her heart is she wants to connect with her family. And we have no family here. I don't have family that communicates on a regular regular basis. So he said she wants to reach out to cousins that she doesn't even really know. Let her do it. So he picked the motive and the purity of her what? Heart. Okay, so Rachel opened up a Facebook. Well, oh my gosh, it's been incredible. She speaks to all her cousins. And, and Georgie, a couple years ago, said, I'm coming through to Georgia. for It was spring season for baseball. He's a pitcher. He came in here, and him and Rachel are this close. Like you would think they're brother and sister over all these years. And it touches my heart because nobody could bring that relationship together except for my attitude changing about Facebook See, I could have said Facebook bad, but Facebook had something good to do. Turn the music down just slightly, just slightly. I want to get this right. This is so good. Well, he calls last night. He's senior now at Holy Cross. He had a chance to go to Harvard, but he went to the school next door called Holy Cross. He got accepted into both, chose Holy Cross. His mother would have really liked him to choose Harvard. It's kind of cute. But he said there was just something about Holy Cross that he thought he was supposed to go there. So he went there. And you don't get paid much on scholarship or anything. Well, it's his senior year. And he called Rachel last night because he was depressed. He was really, dep- his attitude was down. And he said, Rachel is getting out of the car. She's like, Mom, talk to George. She just hands me the phone. So I take the phone and I was like, What's up, George? And he was just like, I don't know, Aunt Lee. I just, uh, you know, I just don't feel like everything's going really well. And I was like, Well, what do you mean it's not going well? I said, are your grades good? (laughs) I started to go to all the aptitude. I started to go all the technical. I said, are your grades good? Yes. Are you able to pay your bills? You need money. (laughs) All the things that have to do with need. And he's like, no, Aunt Lee, that's all really good. And and I was like, well, how's baseball? Does everything go with baseball? He is top ranked in college, the national level as the top pitcher. And, that, and it's been on Facebook. It's been, it's been in so many things. He's already been called for the draft for five major league teams, which is really, you can get called to the draft, but for that many draft. So in the whole college realm, there's a highlight on him. And then you know, the other really touches me. I've seen the, the write-ups. But he said to me, but Lee, my team is working against me. And I was like, all right, Georgie, I mean, you're doing so good. He goes, and now we're not functioning as a team. We're not getting along anymore. Oh, and it really hit me. And he said his attitude is going down. Well, this is so awesome. I just taught on jealousy this week. So he's talking and he said, I (laughs) I think that I'm being set up to be a scapegoat. And he's the captain. He's the senior. You get where I'm going? I said, Georgie. And this is so awesome. I said, Georgie, sometimes there's times in our life where even when we in the world look like we're up, we have to take a lower position. And it takes a place of your attitude, not your aptitude. I said, you're you're doing great in all the things that matter to the world. But the one thing that matters to Jesus is if you're the captain, if you're the senior, and you're the best on the team, then God is asking you to do something. And there was quiet. And I said, Georgie, and I'm telling you, it just started bellowing up. It was a flow yesterday, I'm telling you, in this place. It started bellowing up, and I started seeing visions. I started seeing visions. And I said, Georgie, it's time that you serve your team. And he said, what do you mean? I said, if there is a jealousy spirit Jealousy means, come on, if you've been in spots, the loss of an affection of another. It's not you're jealous of what they have, or you're. De- when a jealousy spirit rides, it's because you really want the affection of that other person. I said, Georgie, they want your affections. You're the senior. You're the good pitcher. You kind of like are holding some things with the team, but you can't hold the team by yourself. You can't be where you are. Unless you have the catcher, unless you have the baseman. I said, so if there is a feeling that you're becoming a scapegoat, it's because they're building up something because they're jealous for your love. And he's like, I don't know about that. And I was like, no, think about it. If you're doing so well and the team all of a sudden not working as a unit and jealousy is building, Satan is in it to destroy So he said, okay, I'm I'm, I'm listening. I said, okay, these were the visions I saw. I saw him carrying out a bag of bats and plopping them down for the freshmen. I saw him taking one of his practice gloves and saying to one of the younger guys, hey, you want to use my glove?' I saw him taking steps to do the things he did to do what the freshmen do to serve his team. I said, Georgie, what do you have to lose? I said, because it's your attitude that will change the tables. Put up Philippians. This is awesome. Put up Philippians 2 verse 1. I sent him this scripture because it was so powerful. And then wait till I show you how I this icinged out about the timing of God. It says, therefore, if any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, next verse. Fulfill my joy by being like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one mind. I said, Georgie, you got to make the team be of one mind in love, in mercy, in the affections They're desiring your affection, so they're rejecting because they really want what you have. Are you giving it to them? Or are you just staying in that position where I've got the high stats for the whole... I mean, the articles have been written about him lately. Do you get what I'm saying? You can stay where the world has pushed you up. Or you can say, that's a dangerous zone. Let me go back and serve my players Because now they're feeling insufficient versus where he's at. I said, if you, it will fulfill the joy that you're lacking right now if you will stop and serve the other players. I said, how many more weeks do you have left of the season? Only like, it's only like a month and a half left of the season. I said, you're halfway through the season. Would it kill you? And then when I said that, I said, would it kill you to serve? The freshman, the sophomore, and serve those team players. And he said, M-, "He said, Aunt Lee, I get it, I get it. You're right. He is. I mean, we are. I'm sitting on my front porch with like the bugs going everywhere, right? And it's like, but it's like the bugs weren't even touching me because the power of those words were so strong to him. And he was doing what? Receiving. He became clay. He didn't stay hard as a flask." See, God already had his spirit contrite and broken down. And he said he only calls Rachel when he's, when he's in that state. Because he said he doesn't have anybody else. He feels like when he hears Rachel's voice, he feels joy. Now, isn't that awesome? See, that's why it's so important to, we all have to be lo- one mind and one love. Because remember the first, the, the first verse I said? It says, I dwell in the high and the holy place with him who has a what? Contrite in a humble spirit to revive the spirit of the what? Humble and to receive the heart of the contrite ones. He called us. We had to really listen to him and then we had to help him. We had to give him the spirit of comfort, spirit of mercy. We had to be a peacemaker. We had to be all the beatitudes to him on the phone so that he could make a decision. He could make a choice. Next verse, go to three. Let nothing be done through what? Selfish ambition or what? Conceit. But in lowness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. I said to Georgie, and I'm I, now you guys are going to find this amazing. That's the lesson that's in this book. When I was on the phone with Georgie, I had not read these pages yet. That's when I knew, oh my God, I got to stick to this lesson today because God just gave me the testimony last night. I couldn't believe it. I quoted all that. And then when I was going over this for today, it overtook me because, but in lowliness of mind, let each other esteem others better than themselves. He said, yes. He said, I'm going to do it. He said, Lee, you're right. I can take the bat bags out. You know what? There is a guy. He wants to borrow my mitt. And sometimes he doesn't want to be around to make it available. Next verse. Next, I mean, I was seeing the scenes just like that and just repeating things I saw that he could do. I said, you can even go and buy a card for somebody on the team and let them know you appreciate what they do. Because he said, everybody's getting hard on me. I said, yeah, because you're the one lifted up. But she's not being lifted up out of wrong. See, his aptitude brought him up, but now his attitude is going to take him to his victory. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of, I am telling you, isn't this beautiful? I told him, these are the words you will stand on for this season. Next verse. It's so beautiful. It says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So our attitude is being formed and changed into Christ's attitude. Now, here's the best thing, which just doesn't have to do with this book. About a year ago, some of you weren't here. (coughs) I started teaching about the Lord showed me that there are all these festivals in the Jewish religion. But the word said we're to follow three in the New Testament. There's only three that were required to follow. Well, and the Lord showed me that as we grow through death, burial, rest and resurrection, each of those, each of those festivals show up. Okay. Or feasts. I'm sorry. Feasts. I call them festival feasts come at certain pinnacle points between the beginning of the year and the end of the year. This is what is going to blow your mind. And I believe in that. The Lord showed it to me. He's been showing it to me for the past two years. I really kind of hit it and practiced it last year. And I did hit and miss over the years, not knowing, you know. But I want everybody to be prepared that on April 10th and April 11th is Passover. Now, this is the revelation God has given me for understanding. So I want you to take this to your time with God. But I believe very good about this. Passover was when it's celebrated. It's a feast. To remind them that when the Israelites sacrificed a lamb, God told them to put blood over their door so that evil would pass them by. Okay. It doesn't make a difference how perfect they were. It doesn't make a difference. They heard God. They followed the instruction and they were what? Protected. Those who heard that word were in the will of God. And they could hear the one mind of God. They killed the lamb. They placed the blood and death overpassed them. All right. We are in the death and burial season. (coughs) But I, I, I was telling this to Georgie. I said, Georgie, we're coming into Passover. I said, and in Passover, to be covered, they had to give a sacrifice. Are oh, you guys getting where this is going? I said, Georgie. And he knew what Passover was. I said, um, God's asking you to sacrifice. It's the season of death and burial. So when we give a sacrifice, we give up something that's so important to us that God is asking us to give up so that death can pass us by. Okay? We... April is the first month of burial. So I'm going to ask you all, Georgie had to come to death in his attitude. He had to come to death in his attitude. He had to go from being the number one titled in the paper, go into all these drafts, right, that he's got after graduation, but he had to sacrifice What a normal senior year. Come on. Senior year. It's all about the senior. Everything is about the person. And immediately when the word bubbled up and went out, he immediately said, and I told him, will you allow that to be your sacrifice so the death that's being built up will pass you over? Come on. This is deep. Okay. Will you allow the death that's already being mustered up in the atmosphere of your baseball team. Will you sacrifice that place and humble yourself to serve your team so that the death can what pass you over? I said, Georgie between now and April 10th and after while your season, you need to serve him so that this death is going to pass you over. I said, now, Georgie, I said, this gets good. I asked him this. He graduates in May, right? I said, when is the draft? When do you start the draft for baseball season? He said, I start the draft on June 3rd. I don't know if you guys get this or not, but I'm going to. I was like, and Georgie had no idea the Lord was putting all this in my heart for a week. And I never opened to read that lesson. You see, that's what God's confirmation was to me. When I was reading this lesson today, I said, uh, because I'm going to ask you, I didn't really read those pages. I didn't read them until this morning. I mean, I was like on, hey, what are we doing for sonship, right? (laughs) But Lord really will tie in what he's already been showing you in your time. Right after April 11th, I like this, it starts 50 days of the ingathering season. And on the 50th day is Pentecost. Okay. During that ingathering season. You are to really kind of consecrate. It's a holy time. In which. I like it. I like it. It is a time of holiness. Well in that time. When Jesus died. Jesus died during the what? Passover. If you know death overpassed him. Because he was a sacrifice. And he was being resurrected up. But when he told them to all gather on the 50th day, which is Pentecost, the power of the Holy Spirit came down and descended upon them. And they were receiving the power to witness what Jesus already died for as the Passover, as a sacrifice. Get this. I counted the days out. I, actually, to be honest with you, for about a week, I've already had it highlighted in my book because this year I said I was really going to follow this, like deeply. And from the time on May 31st to June 3rd is the 50-day. Now, they do it by different calendars. Now, I already knew this when I was talking to Georgie on the phone. Wasn't thinking about it. I said, Georgie, when is your, when is your draft season? He said it starts June 3rd. I was like, Georgie, oh my God, it was so awesome. I said, Georgie, as you make this commitment to sacrifice your position as a senior and you keep going through this during this holy time, I said, now the Holy Spirit will have to pour onto you the power you need to get to your next destination. I said, Georgie, God has set this time. I said, if you, and I said, I know you may not believe like I believe, but it was like mustering up so much. I said, you're going to land in your draft and God is going to put down the grace and you will receive a fullness of the Holy Spirit now to move out your next destiny. And I don't know what that might, it might not have to do with his draft, but he's going to give him the power is going to descend on him during his draft because he was willing to sacrifice. See, what is, I'm, I I hope this isn't too technical for you, but see, God did say in his word, and I remember I got this revelation about there are three festivals, or feasts, three feasts, and it was really, (coughs) I went back through my life over the past seven years to see the flow in my own life. Do you know what I mean? And then the fullness, the blessing, we read about the Beatitudes, every single one has a what? A blessing. So it says, if you if you shall be merciful, then you shall receive what? Come on, help me here. Blessed are the poor in spirit. If you're willing to allow yourself to give up something, he says he's going to do what? Yours will be the what? Kingdom of heaven. What is it that you're going into in your resurrection season? Mirrors what you died for. What did you sacrifice? Jesus is our Passover lamb. But Jesus will ask you, what will you? What is it something you have to give up? And to us, it may seem like major stuff, right? But it's nothing like what Jesus died for us to even have this flow in our life. He died for us to receive the Holy Spirit on that 50th day. And we will receive what? Power to what? witness. And to do what we're called to do. I'm telling you. He could be asking you to sacrifice mercy. Because what's going to come to you? Mercy. He could be asking you to. I I wanted to go on a vacation. I had this money saved. And I had to (laughs) buy other people vacations. Because he gave me power. to get. I broke my ankle. I had a three month vacation. But that was a vacation I needed. Oh, I can go into this. But it's so important because we experience visitations from God at different periods and times in our life. Georgie was getting a visitation of God. How did he know he was getting a visitation? He started getting what? Contrite, humble, depressed about what was going on. Why? Because he has to do what? Die to something for another so that when his next visitation comes, he will receive the power. Come on. Are you guys getting this? He will receive the power to do what he's called. I, it's got to be Acts chapter 1, 7, 8, 9. It's got to be one of those. Let me just read it. Let me put it in the atmosphere. Everybody in here, I want you to think about what is something that you can sacrifice between now and Passover and that you hold it through the holy time so that you can receive the power so you can be blessed in the area of blessing he is calling you to. It says, and he said to them, it's not for you to know the times and seasons, which the father has put in his own authority. Next one. But you shall what? Receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all of Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. I told Georgie, the Holy Spirit can jump on you at any time. And you can receive power to do whatever assignment because we're born after Christ. But I love this time for him. Because if he really surrenders the advice of Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, and he applies that, I'm telling you, I can, I, I could feel it when I was talking to him. He is going to have an experience with God that's going to be so great. And I love it. He's going to be empowered to witness to me at the Atlanta Braves, (laughs) at the Red Sox, at the, I don't even know any other teams. I don't know the team's names. I'm not Phillies, right? The Philadelphia Phillies, meaning God is going to empower him to put him in a place. He has no idea why he's being called to do that, but he actually gives a power to push you into a place. And then guess what happens? Because he died and he allowed His pride to be buried. He's gonna. His time for his uh in June. His time for his um draft time. That's gonna feel like a rest to him when he goes and tries out for these baseball teams. It's gonna be like a rest because he already sacrificed what he needed for the season. Hey, has everybody got their sacrifice set? What is it? Because I'm so excited. I loved it. You know, last year we were so blessed that I had this same feeling last year when I was teaching this out last time. And I had run to Jean. I said, Jean, something's going to happen in June. Something's going to happen in June because it was later in June, but I wasn't even thinking that date. But the Lord taught me about rising up to Lebanon and being in his worship. Remember that teaching about save the trees that you can't even get to your next place until you have elevated, (laughs) like you had said. And then guess what happened? We end up going to King Jesus and we get impartations. That's like out of this world. (laughs) Do you get what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit fell on us in a way I have never felt. Do you see what I'm saying? In that same period of time, we go to King Jesus. Okay. I know you're probably not all getting this with me, but I'm needing to have to apply this to your daily life. I need everybody to ask. Passover's coming. This is not about Easter bunnies and resurrection not about Easter bunnies and resurrection. It's about the resurrection you'll experience because the sacrifice that he has asked you to do this year. And he's going to back it up with his word. As I'm spilling this all out, you have to know this morning I ran to Rachel. Rachel, oh my gosh, you never really know what the lesson is. I, was like, yeah. I mean, and then I was just like, Georgia is so blessed. Georgia is so blessed. But look how that is. Do you see how one act I could have held back Facebook Get what I'm saying? I could have held back Facebook, but I listened to instruction from my, my mentor. I took that instruction even though I didn't like it. I had to die for my opinion about Facebook. So your death in one season doesn't always directly affect the blessing you receive at that next season. It could be two seasons, three seasons later. But let me tell you, if you stay on this where we seek God, those who diligently seek him will be what rewarded man this is part of the process i i don't have to worry about what's happening to me in certain times and seasons all i have to know am i sacrificing what he has asked me to do what he has asked me what he has shown me in his word and will i hold it as holy for those for those 50 days forty nights? will i hold it holy so that i can receive The next impartation that he has for my growth. Do you get what I'm saying? It's when the Holy Spirit is poured on upon you, it moves you to what happens next in your life. It prepares you to handle whatever's going to happen that is an opposition that's going to try to stop you from getting to your next place. So praise God. That's just a little touch of some stuff I want to talk about next, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. It'll be my teaching Saturday. But I feel God's really on this in a strong way. I really do. Because if it wasn't for I didn't have testimony or isn't that Georgie didn't call me last night. This had been mustering on me, mustering on me about this. And then Georgie calls me and they're all from my spirit. See, if somebody's ahead of you in an area and you are told to pick up that phone and call somebody. Even in your brokenness, he has what you need. Do you get what I'm saying? And, you know, God prepped me all week to teach on jealousy and everything. I mean, it's just all built up. So I just, <laughs> I really do honor God. For God loves and looks at all of us with a 10. And he wants to get all of us, but it's about relationship. We have to be transformed in knowing it's not about the great abilities that God already gave me. It's about my attitude. Can my attitude give up a sacrifice? Can my attitude recognize this and abide in it? Isn't that awesome? I don't even know what else to say. It's just so awesome. I just praise God because during that time before Pentecost, it's called the time of the ingathering. Well, I like that ingathering word. Because before there's any expansion, the Lord showed me when I taught this in in January and on New Year's Eve, before something can expand, it has to be pulled in. It has to be pulled in. And when you pull it in and you give it wholly to him, guess what happens? Now it's going to be time to what? Expand it out. And now it's time to expand out. And so everybody has that rotation in their life. It's so awesome. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Let's just honor him. We're going (coughs) to we're going to stand up. We're going to honor him and we're going to listen to a song. And I think that the song we already heard it once tonight and it's a song set my heart. That song is really in my heart because for you to be able to hear the voice of God, you have to set your heart He already died as a sacrifice. Jesus wants to show you what is your sacrifice for this season. What has to die and what has to be buried for you to experience the resurrection of something he has for you. But remember, it's all going to come from your what? Heart, which helps mold your attitude. The spirit has to be stirred for the change. So we're just going to stand up. Go ahead and let's turn out the lights. And let's just honor God. And really, I want to hear voices. I want to hear The word coming out of your voice, the word, the words coming off your tongue, used with your voice.